0: Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Wednesday, February 22nd, when Abraham blocked God's way. Today's scripture reading is found in Genesis chapter 18, verses 22 through 33, from the Message Translation, which reads, The men set out for Sodom, But Abraham stood in God's path, blocking his way. Abraham confronted him. Are you serious? Are you planning on getting rid of the good people right along with the bad? What if there are fifty decent people left in the city? Will you lump the good with the bad and get rid of the lot? Wouldn't you spare the city for the sake of those fifty innocents? I can't believe you'd do that. Kill off the good and the bad alike as if there were no difference between them. Doesn't the judge of all the earth judge with justice? God said, If I find fifty decent people in the city of Sodom, I'll spare the place just for them. Abraham came back. Do I, a mere mortal made from a handful of dirt, dare open my mouth again to my master? What if fifty fall short by five? Would you destroy the city because of those missing five? He said, I won't destroy it if there are forty-five. Abraham spoke up again. What if you only find forty? Neither will I destroy it for forty. He said, Master, don't be irritated with me, but what if only thirty are found? No, I won't do it if I find thirty. He pushed on. I know I'm trying your patience, Master, but how about for twenty? I won't destroy it for twenty. He wouldn't quit. Don't get angry, master. This is the last time. Promise. What if you only come up with ten? For the sake of only ten, I won't destroy the city. When God finished talking with Abraham, he left. And Abraham went home. This is God's word. I know, we just left Jonah hanging, sitting there with his angry sulk, his withered Kikayon, his toppled makeshift shelter, and that blistering wind and heat as God's repeated challenge hangs in the stifling mid-eastern air. No worries, he'll be back, or rather, we'll be back, because Jonah isn't going anywhere. And we are, specifically to visit two other signal occasions of passionate divine human engagement. Abraham and Jacob. Abraham haggling with God over Sodom and Jacob wrestling with God before meeting his long-estranged brother Esau. First, Abraham. You can read all of Genesis 18 to get the full context of the moment, a moment in which Abraham experiences a very tangible divine encounter in the presence of three strangers that he hospitably receives and feeds. Those strangers announcing the divine intention to finally bring about, within a year's time, the long-awaited promise to Abraham and Sarah of their own son, whom they would name Laughter. That would be Yitzhak, or Isaac. And as the three strangers turn to leave, one lingers with Abraham. Or as the message boldly puts it, he could advance no further because Abraham blocked his way. He simply wasn't just going to let him. In this case, a direct manifestation of God that some identify as a pre-incarnate appearance of Christ. I was going to let him off the hook that easily in this whole, I'm going to see just how bad it is in Sodom business. I think Abraham knows what's coming next, and he's not going to sit still for it without a fight. I'm not actually sure which is more remarkable, that Abraham had the chutzpah to stand in God's way, blocking his path, or that God let him. And then there's the bargaining session, as Abraham hustles the Almighty over just how many righteous souls it would take to stay God's hand of judgment on the city, What marked contrast with wayward Jonah. With Jonah, God points out the presence of 120,000 innocents, whom I take to be infants and toddlers, along with all of those lowing Ninevite cows, of course, none of whom Jonah could see or care about. Who cares if there's 120,000 innocents? Who cares if there's all those innocent animals? I want to see them burn. But here... Abraham draws divine attention to the possible presence of such innocents, among whom he no doubt has in mind, front and center, as his nephew Lot and his family. And God lets the argument happen. He lets himself be hustled by his friend. Okay, maybe hustled isn't the right word or the best word for what Abraham did, but... I'm running with it just because of the sheer audacity of Abraham in arguing his case as he haggled with God over numbers. And though Abraham repeatedly tries to ward off divine impatience, God displays nothing but patience in the exchange. Come, sit down, let's argue this out. Precisely what I had in mind, says Abraham as he tosses the ball in God's face and God tosses it right back. Play! So, as we pause for a moment of personal reflection and prayer, ponder what do you find most striking about this bargaining session between Abraham and God? How easy is it for you to imagine yourself having such an exchange with the Almighty? What in life might cause you to block God's path? for a sit-down moment in which you could argue this out. Do you even conceive of your relationship with God in this way? Why, or why not? Come. Sit down. Let's argue this out. That was your entreaty centuries ago through that ancient prophet we know as Isaiah. Help me to hear that invitation, that challenge, that Play tossed in my face, as fresh and relevant today with me as it was centuries ago with them. Blow down the makeshift structures of my makeshift life. Consume the comforting kikayons that make my existence bearable, that I may be drawn into eternal tabernacles where your glory rests, my angry sulk fades, my unreconstructed perspectives examined and exposed as you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemy, which, from my unreconstructed perspective, all too often is you. Let me allow you to narrow the gap again and again, as once more you invite, come, sit down, let's argue this out, play. In your mercies,